welcome everyone to Burn After Pitching. New year, same show, different host for this month. This is Andy Nordvall. Um, good wishes out to Michael Tanner, who is currently moving to Oregon. Uh, although he will be with us in spirit, a little, a little spoiler alert. But today we have an excellent array of guests to pitch us their ideas for movies and sometimes surprise topics. We do breakfast cereals, ice cream flavors. Who knows what's going to come out of our diseased brain? Uh, joining me as always is my co-host, Sandra Demas. Hello. Welcome to be, or thankful to be here. <laughs> and uh, this is interesting. He was, he was, uh, he was on the Rose City Comic Con Burn After Pitching live panel, but this is the first time we have him through the magic of the internet welcome grand geek gathering royalty i'll say it lamar harris top of the morning to you lads lasses and everyone in between i don't know why they asked me to be here but i hope to be entertaining <laughs> that is why we asked you yeah See, we're already simpatico we are definitely on the same brave brain wavelength here <laughs> and joining us a a a new pre- in his burn after pitching premiere is web comic and comic book store owner and eh, sorry Eddie D'Angelini. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me. Oh, please. Thank you for coming. It's, it's great. I'm very excited by this episode. Uh, new year. And let's just jump right into it. Now, Mr. Tanner could not be here. But as I mentioned before, he is with us in spirit with a surprise pitch. And his surprise pitch is pitch an infomercial, our first infomercial, real or imagined, for Dolly Parton. She, it's often been said she can do anything. She can act. She can sing. She can know, run theme parks. But now, she wants to move into the world of infomercials. So you have to pick an infomercial product and tell us how the, the what should I say, the, the grand lady, the grand dame of country music, Dolly Parton, would pitch it. Okay? I'll give you a few minutes to think it over, and we will be back as soon as possible. Let me just make sure I got the right person in my head. I think I do. Okay. What? Okay, yeah, I, I do. I do. I do. I just, I yeah, need Jolene, to make sure. Jolene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her and Cher will never die. Great. Yes. Okay. Although, given enough time, I'm sure they will meld into one being. I'm actually about to say, no, stop it. I'm really shocked that they haven't done more together. Really, different coins of the same, different sides of the same coin. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, uh, both Dolly and Cher are collaborators. It's, yeah, it's a bit surprising. They might be the same goddamn age. They, huh. Are they really? They really are. Both born in 1946. Born in 1946. Dolly Parton's entree into the realm of infomercials. Sandra, would you like to share us your pitch for a Parton Hell yeah. All right. You know what? Dolly Parton is a shit. Like, she funded the Moderna vaccine. She was very, very um, pro getting vaxxed and, um, you know, just putting her money where her mouth is. So the fact that she even um, sang Jolene but said vaccine and she made, like, just using her platform to encourage people to get vaccinated. Um, And I saw, so I'm not taking credit for this because I saw it, like, as a meme or something, but this is the infomercial. It's going to be Dolly Parton and she is promoting the work KN95 mask. So it's the KN95 yeah. mask. <laughs> All the kids are wearing it. Yes. So her infomercial is promoting the Dolly Parton brand mask. Um, and proceeds will go to continue funding uh, scientific breakthroughs, whether for a vaccine or whatever. But that is her infomercial. She's going to be singing a vaccine themed or COVID themed version of work in 90, work in nine to five, but uh, changing it to work KN95 for the KN95 mask. Um, really? That's her infomercial. Wow. Maybe, maybe make it a voluptuous mask. I don't know, yeah. but 
<laughs> to match her. Yeah. I think yeah. also it'd be great. Maybe because it, it's an infomercial, if you order right now, you get a free dose of the vaccine, which might finally <laughs> get some reluctant vaxxers. You know, I don't mean, mention that it's always free, but you know, it's like, I know, oh, it's, I know. It's, it's always free. I have Maybe to take it. You get um, like a pass to Dollywood and, you know, even playing off of that, like, would, would you get a, a vaccine? Dollywood. Ah, yeah. Basically encouraging people to get their jabs. All right. Yeah, I'm locking the power of wordplay. I love it. For a good cause, too. For a good excellent, cause. Excellent. Okay. Great job, Sandra. Lamar, what would you think for, for Miss Parton? All right. Sandra's thing is very good and noble, but let's, let's, let's take a good hard look at Dolly and let's, let's notice the thing about her that's immediately noticeable. And that is her wig. Her wig. I think Dolly would be great as the spokesperson for uh hair care products for wig okay it's called uh 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 dolly's parts uh and what it goes uh she goes hello darling my name's dolly Parton. you see this thing on my head it is not from me it is from some fantastic where's products. a wig oh a little bit just oh, a little okay bit. i'm sure anyway oh i'm so sorry to reveal that magic behind <laughs> pull the wig off yeah pull the wig off but just imagine she's like next time you need to tease your hair and you're worried about synthetic materials just put a little spritz of dolly's parts spray and it just like spraying will just sing jolene as it flows into the hair it just naturally like gets out all the tangles and knots that comes in with like uh, like low quality wigs and stuff like that and i think she would sell a thousand of them because the grand old opry is still a thing and people you know it's better for she said it's better for the ozone layer you don't have to put uh using a entire can of aerosol is to comb this through through so it's good for the environment yeah. i think that'd be pretty good i think that she'd sell that immediately i think if you put down on qvc um <laughs> it gets sold out in like 10 minutes 10 i like minutes. that you reduce your carbon footprint while increasing the circumference of your head <laughs> exactly yes. a and little can, bit grows could it be like those those toothbrushes for kids where it would like play a song so that they knew how long to brush their teeth so like you spray it and it and it plays Jolene like you said but it as soon as the the chorus is done you're done <laughs> yes like with the spray yes. All right. yeah. that works powered by the pressure of the aerosol it just spins a little disc inside of the uh, tip <laughs> oh, yeah. it would be great it, I th- you would sell out immediately <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, two two great pitches. Um, Eddie, Eddie, I, I, I go to you now. What do you well, think? Well, okay, Ms. let's bring this fun to a screeching halt now <laughs> and see see what I came up with. Okay, I think Sandra missed the uh, the easy joke okay. that uh, she would instead be hawking on her own infomercial the KN95 bra available in sizes A to uh, double D with two easy payments of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, too small. That's too small. Double D's too yeah. small. We need like ends. I mean, she definitely does not want the COVID no, in her chest. Does. She would. That would be nobody deadly. Does. And even Lamar, yeah, when he does. said that he was going to go for the first thing that everyone notices about Dolly Parton, he just co- completely diverted and went to the wig. <laughs> Well, as opposed to our singing talent, of course. Yeah. That's the funny part. Yeah. That's the funny part. So this, 
you know, I gotta tell you, it's very hard for COVID to go through if you're d- deep in someone's broth. It's very hard to breathe in. Yeah. So, uh, just wanna. Yeah. So that's what I was missing then when I had COVID. I should have. Yeah. yeah. Just kept so this someone. is why I am a cartoonist writing jokes in the privacy of my own home and not a stand-up comedian. <laughs> no, I, I love I, it. I, actually, shoot, I wasn't gonna pitch, but I'm gonna invoke host privilege because I was okay. just thinking one of my favorite Dolly Parton songs, Nine to Five, mm-hmm. which is crazy because when you think about it, that was when people worked 20 years ago from nine to five. Mm-hmm. And you know, now we've got this like labor shortage. We've got like inflation. A great way to reduce it is just to reduce the labor pool by saying, hey, let's have people just work nine to five again instead of, you know, nowadays you're lucky if you can get off nine to six thirty. So a social movement sponsored by Dolly. Let's bring back actually working from yes, nine to clap, five. Clap, clap, here, here. Yeah. Okay. I hate it. I want to work nine to five minutes. And that's it. <laughs> Wait, not 95 minutes? Nine, nine to five, five minutes. Oh, like yeah. on a hard day, 90, 95 minutes, but you know. That's four minutes longer than I'd be working. I'd be willing to work at all. I mean, uh, I say this like I don't have two jobs. Oh, Lord, try owning, <laughs> try owning your own business. You don't ever not work. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm perfectly glad to give a few hours a day to a corporation where they'll give me money back and I leave <laughs> at five. <laughs> leave hard, hard done. Hard done. I know. Yeah. It's crazy to think that Eddie's webcomic is the side hustle, if anything. You got the main True. business. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Well, I, can, I consider why? them both why would you do uh, equal businesses at this point, really. And I have five minutes a week for my personal life. No way. Which you are, which you are graciously donating yes. to us. Thank you. He's like, so you're five minutes. <laughs> oh my God. This is like, this is your free time for like the next six weeks then, pretty much. (laughs) I did not realize how huge of an ask this was. Thank you. not at all. (laughs) Thank you very much. I I do want to see a K95 bra though. (laughs) I think that, ooh, ooh, there are products out there where you could use your bra as an actual mask. So it's one of those emergency gas masks. That's what it is. I get it. Wait, there's an emergency gas mask in your bra? There are bras designed to be actual kind of like emergency smoke masks. Yeah. Okay. I so feel like, like it would work. Maybe not a bralette, but like a a bra, a bra. But yeah, like, I, is it in the cup? Is it like you're a C cup, uh, unless there's an emergency, in which case you go down to a D cup. Yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to support when there's an emergency. So you just take it off and just put it around your face. <laughs> but yeah. couldn't you just yeah <laughs> just use, you just use that uh, use anything for that? Have take off your shirt and do the same thing? Or is there something inherent in the bra yeah. that makes it the, the yeah the padding of the bra the has like so actual, it acts like a filter like, the same stuff that's in okay yes mm-hmm. is actual filter the filtered bra all right yes why I know this <laughs> don't ask but I know that they exist so Dolly Parton's filtered bras for when you need support a little higher (laughs) a little higher supports you and saves you okay well as much as we love miss parton i know the real reason we're here is for the dcu mcu crossover movie so let me just ask who is just chomping at the bit to go first i think lamar is (laughs) oh okay i'm gonna start oh god dc and mcu crossover bit okay first i I have to ask for clarification is this a standalone movie like at a theater are we doing the netflix thing where we're making like eight movies in a series oh god that's a good question because mine i thought would make a great like uh, disney plus 
slash HBO miniseries. But we said movie, so I kept it to the movie. But I mean, how should I put this? We have no police to enforce anyone breaking the rules. So if you want to switch to miniseries, I, as the co-host, proclaim it okay. Okay. So I think the best one to start, because I think this is going to be universe. If we truly do the crossover event, it has to be universe. And what we're going to do is we're going to start with Spider-Man as they continue to fly through the multiverse. Spider-Man is going to run into the Flash. Now, Miles Morales? Or... Um, I was thinking original Peter Parker. Okay. Peter Parker is going to run into the Flash, right? So he's going to be jumping through multiverses and blah, 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 blah. And Flash is too. It makes perfect sense they would they would meet, you know? Exactly. What happens is, is the Flash runs too fast. It was far too much. Uh-huh. And when he's, when Spider-Man swings into, uh, let's put it in, let's put, go Metropolis. Metropolis is pretty much New York City. He yeah. swings into, it's like, hmm, this building looks familiar, but it's not quite here. Anyway, he swings in, he shoots for the building, he misses because this is not New York. He falls <laughs> hard, and then he's caught by the flash. He goes, cool suit, kid. Puts him down and bolts out of there again. I think that's a good start. I think that's a good start to an opening because we're not starting with, like, Spider-Man is super hot right now. His movie is very good, but he's still not like the A-tier list of Oh, you Marvel hush your mouth. Superheroes, he is one like would the say, because that would be like, I, I know what I said. It's I know more, what I said. It's more legal. All right. I mean, you yeah, they I would meant, love though. to have him. That's not Iron Man. That's not <laughs> Thor. You know what I said. I stand by what I said. Okay. It's just funny because go back 20 years ago and try to say, you know, Spider-Man. Well, he's he's no Iron Man and you would just get confused looks. But I'll admit that is where we are right now. That is where we are right now. Once again, Spidey's getting a lot of love because he had probably one of the best movies that we've seen. Oh, wow. Such but, a good movie. Uh, that's where I would start. I would start there and then slowly start start building up to the difference because what you would do is you would just continue to do multiverse. Flash shoots to New York. Spidey stays in Metropolis meets a whole bunch of things and then like there's so many Time Lords <laughs> in DC getting any of them to meet Doctor Strange would be fantastic. I forgot who's the guy? He, he has no joy. He wears like <laughs> You're describing half the DCU I hate to say. I'm about to say <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Strange meaning half of the Time Lords of DC would be fantastic so that's the second when doctor what, are, what goes, are the time lords of the dcu oh god um you mean like the new gods there's like there's new gods there's one guy who he's a sorcerer as well i forgot his bloody name dr fate oh, maybe oh god. okay anyway first movie spider-man flash they're in the wrong place spider-man helps something metropolis flash gets in the flash tries to get spider-man to go back home but he drops spidey who stays in metropolis ends up go- flash goes to new york runs into to Doctor Strange, he says, we have a guy that looks just like you. He also has no joy. <laughs> and that sets up the second movie. Well, I love, it reminds me, it's like Richard Linklater's slacker, but with superheroes <laughs> instead of weirdos. Right. So th- that's what that's what my start of all this is. It is okay. a bunch of people going, trying to, you need to go home and then messing that up. And end up sending more people back and forth until everyone's just like, stop. Stop. I don't know, Spider-Man could sell photos to the Daily Planet, which doesn't hate his guts. So I think he might want to stay in Metropolis. Oh, Peter Parker finding out who Superman is is going to be such a good spine yeah. as like a side, a 30-minute sideshow. I mean, it could be because he's from another universe. Somehow he can sense that like the six-foot-tall, hugely muscular guy in glasses 
you know maybe that that's actually, Superman. You, you have know? something there because maybe. in the <laughs> DC universe, uh, comic universe, uh, nobody recognizes Clark Kent being Superman, even though, you know, obviously, how does he hide his huge muscular frame in a tie and glasses, right? But it's always been explained that... Yeah. Superman has other mental abilities to where people don't fully see him in that sense. So maybe for someone outside of that dimension, like from the Marvel universe, that wouldn't work on them. So Spider-Man would be like, are you not seeing this? He's clearly he's Superman and everyone thinks he's he's nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Why would you wear glasses? (laughs) Superman has great vision. So something that's crazy to him. Other people just don't see. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe the glasses prevent him. They're like accountability glasses preventing him from like looking into, you know, things that he shouldn't be looking into when he's Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. All I know is during COVID people put on masks and I forgot (laughs) who they are completely. So I completely uh, believe the glasses thing. Now you change one thing. I'm like, who the hell are you? Oh, dude. Uh, Oh, (laughs) hey mom. For the (laughs) list, for the listeners, I got like hot pink hair. Right. But when I wear a hat, I swear to God, I'm freaking invisible. Like I've had someone introduce themselves to me and I'm like, yo, Mm -hmm. I freaking know you like, (laughs) like Colleen, what are you talking about? And she's like, Oh, but yeah, so I, be- I believe the glasses thing because when so I So basically, hat- does this mean you have to keep the pink hair like forever now? Honestly, I've had it for like 13, 14 years. Wow. I saw Ooh. a flashback photo of you with the pink hair. I was like, right? that was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's an awesome, like, that's that's the only thing I could make question to. of how your hair survived 13 years with hot pink hair. I got to get that. I gotta get that secret. So my my little cousin, he's like about eleven, and he saw a picture of me from maybe it must have been like fourteen, fifteen years ago, where my hair was like brown, and he's like, "What?" He was so shocked because he thought that this was my natural hair color. I'm like, "Yo, you're too old to be that dumb." <laughs> it's always nice to hear from family. I know it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So we have the 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 what the Flash Spider Man slacker movie. Yes, but Flash oh. Flash Spider Man starts the whole thing because yeah. they're the one they're the two who would cause the most rock. I love movies too, where it's like you see the dominoes that just sort of escalate into greater and greater chaos, which is a, a vibe I get from. So I'm definitely <laughs> down for that. All right, uh, let's see. Let's get some co-host action in here, though. Sandra, would you like to share your crossover movie? Yeah. So in this. This one it's just a, a single film i think um so it starts off you know the world is complete shit right so like people are fighting on like a global and a local scale like fights at the dinner table fights on the streets among strangers um you know murder disease famine natural disaster i know imagine if you will it's 2022 and <laughs> no but like it's it's completely timely because all this stuff's happening climate crisis political <sighs> corruption and social upheaval um everything is horrible um everything's just trash right um and no matter what we try to do even when we try to fix things we still fuck them up right i can cuss mm. right okay anyway yeah. so <laughs> so here comes dr manhattan he's like <laughs> completely uh, like indifferent to humanity he's like like, look, y'all are trash. Um, you, he, he's looking at it from like a logical perspective of you're ruining the planet. You're not um, engaging in, in um, I don't think he would say healthy relationships, but relationships that are fruitful to humanity. So he's just committed to like wiping us out, wiping out humanity so that the planet and all of 
life can, can can go on. So as much as I love Dr. Manhattan, he is essentially like the villain in this film. Oh, yeah. Um, because he's like, like, oh, this this project isn't working after all. Let's kill it. And then the planet will heal itself. And all of the other creatures on Earth will survive. Um, and I don't know if he plans to 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 save any humans or maybe just start from scratch and save like a few people. But he's just basically done with humanity because it makes sense logically, like the way that things are going, this is not a good situation. So just kill everybody off. And then here comes, and I'm like, I had the same one, one of the same characters you have, Lamar, Doctor Strange. Yep. So here comes Doctor Strange. And he is wanting to save humanity, obviously recognizes that we're deeply, deeply flawed and that we are in fact destroying the planet and our relationship relationships on all so- sorts of scales. I mean, even just the the family relationships, people are being really horrible to each other. So he recognizes that. So the two of them are able to, and this is going to be like an acid trip type movie, right? Because yeah. they're both able to like look forward and back and, and um, look at time and look at all of these um, possibilities. So I kind of would love to see it almost like a butterfly effect where we see these different scenarios play out and what happens um, in each scenario. Like what happens if Dr. Manhattan wins and he destroys all of humanity? What happens if Dr. Strange wins and there's some sort of um, either things stay the same but that, but that's still him winning in a sense, or things do change where humanity shifts because they recognize that they're on the brink of destruction to the point where someone who's capable of um, destroying them will destroy them if we don't change. Um, so we get to see a bunch of different scenarios play out um, and just go on like an ass trip type ride with uh, Dr. Manhattan and Dr. Strange. And maybe at the end, Dr. Manhattan just goes fuck it and he goes to Mars and just kicks it <laughs> and looks at the planet from afar like that's your home like y'all y'all stay in your own filth and squalor just start over on Mars you know yeah <laughs> it's just him and Jeffrey Bezos and just chilling on Mars oh my god if he would take Jeffrey Bezos and Elon Musk he's doing us a- yeah no what's his face too the, the isn't it Richard Brand the virgin guy Richard he's still going to Mars I think he just wants to go into space yeah, yeah he hasn't made a full Mars trip yeah he he's yeah. still within <coughs> humanity he space, though, no? evil he's been to space but he's still within humanity <laughs> evil. he's not super villain quite yet well he takes yeah. he he takes out the trash yep yeah leaves all of their money and that's what dr strange uses to help fix some of our issues all the trillionaires get wiped yeah. out and their money gets dispersed <laughs> so dr strange gets the ultimate power which is of course money no, it gets dispersed to the people. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. He would he would share with the people. Okay. I'm just imagining the scene where it's Dr. Manhattan and Dr. Strange trying to show each other, like, in this universe, I'm right. Well, in this universe, I'm right. And they just have this giant... I think the second act really builds to the big climax is them just constantly showing each <laughs> other who is right in this sense, where you see, like, one Earth that has no humans and is repopulated and stuff stuff like that but like an asteroid comes and it can't save them it's like you got rid of the humans the asteroid hit us is in uh dr manhattan is like i let the humans live and they blow up the planet themselves <laughs> it just goes back and forth until they I just feel like it would realize, be hilarious like, well because i think they'd both be in a sense detached i mean obviously dr manhattan would be detached from from humanity but i feel like dr strange would be as well like he would be kind of 
of looking at it from a logical perspective and like this is this is the solution and it's like but at the end of the day these are like actual people you know and you're just looking at it as it's just data and what is the end result of this experiment and the end result of that experiment yeah i, you know, I also love it because you have two characters who yeah. cannot admit they're wrong you know yeah. so there's that immovable object you're probably aquarius probable force what <laughs> so they're probably aquarius <laughs> i don't know the aquarius is like not believing astrology because i'm pretty sure dr manhattan um Easter science. Yeah. cool <laughs> well that proves <laughs> astrology in a weird sense excellent excellent cool cool oh my okay God. so oh. let's see we, we have dr strange versus dr manhattan uh flash and spider-man unleash chaos on the mm. multiverse yes um eddie would you like to Why share not? okay i have to preface this with a couple of things when you uh asked me to do this i really gave this some thought and was so nervous about wanting to do this well that i actually typed this out i actually wrote all of this out <laughs> and um yeah <laughs> that's fantastic all right the two characters are swamp thing and man thing and i will i will preface this by yes. saying that um when i was a kid my favorite monster movie and probably still to this day of all time is a movie called war of the gargantuas which is an old japanese toho monster movie from from, I think the the 60s and um, it's been a, a rumor for years mm -hmm. that it's literally one of Brad Pitt's favorite movies and he's been wanting to do a remake of it for the longest time so I am proposing a remake of that monster movie with Swamp Thing and Man Thing and here is the pitch um, Alex Holland and his wife Linda they're both scientists and very strong environmental activists working out of their lab in a Louisiana swamp and for those who are uh, DC aficionados they will recognize that Alex Holland is actually uh, Swamp Thing's human identity. So he and his wife, Linda, they've developed a serum that can terraform dead soil into thriving forests in months rather than decades or centuries. Uh, but they are, as ardent environmentalists, they are at odds with uh, a large evil corporation, because every movie needs a large evil corporation, that is trying to take over the swampland and develop it into mm -hmm. condos, malls, parking lots, etc. So to get rid of Holland, the corporation, they send their goons to blow up his lab. And his body is thrown into the swamp, doused in his own serum, and his body is never recovered, and he is presumed dead, and his wife abandoned their work and their lab and goes into solitude to mourn. And months later, the evil corporation has set themselves up in the swamp and they're starting to work on development, but their progress is constantly being thwarted by this mysterious swamp creature that keeps appearing at their work sites and destroying all their equipment and killing the workers with its acidic touch. And the military is called in to kill the creature, but this creature just seems to be unstoppable. They recover a small piece of the creature after a fight and they take it to the one person who they who they know might be able to uh, identify it. And that is Alex Holland's wife, Linda. She examines the specimen and identifies it as plant and human and their terraforming serum. So she suspects this creature is her husband and begs the military not to kill him. But they're already planning to trap him and blow him up. And they trap the creature, they prepare to blow him up, but then a second swamp creature shows up and frees it, and they both escape. And Linda now realizes that this second swamp creature is her husband, Alex. And we, as a viewer, we now realize that the first creature is 
the man thing. And the second one is a swamp thing. So now the military, they want answers. You know, how can there be two creatures? So Linda discovers that man thing is actually an offspring of swamp thing. At some point, a piece of swamp thing may have been torn off, uh, torn off of its body and it grew into a second sentient swamp being. So Linda warns the military not to blow up the creatures because you'll scatter the pieces of them everywhere and spawn hundreds or even thousands more of these creatures. But the military, they do as they do. They don't listen mm -hmm. and their plans love blowing, yeah, they shit love blowing shit up and their plans to blow up the two creatures are already underway. So before the big climax, in a quieter moment, the swamp thing sneaks away to see his wife where she begs his human half to stop the man thing. Well, you know, she is still a very ardent militant environmentalist and does not want to see uh, the swamps destroyed. She pleads that there, with the swamp thing, there has to be a better way besides killing. So in the final climactic battle, swamp thing goes after man thing and their war spills out into the nearby city with the military on their heels. And the Swamp Thing knows that the only way he can stop Man-Thing is to get him back to the swamp, drag him down into the green to be assimilated, destroying his sentience. But the only way to do that is if the Swamp Thing himself drags him down there, sacrificing himself as well and killing himself. And we see them both at the end. We see them both go down into the green together. And roll credits. But there is an after credit scene. So it, oh. in the after credit scene, you see the evil corporations ah, back good. at it in the swamps and they're setting up explosives for a demolition to develop that part of the swamp. And we see that they're setting up as the explosion is about to go off. We see mm -hmm. it's about to go off in the same spot that the swamp thing and the man thing went down. <laughs> and the end. Fade oh. to black. The end. Question mark. I love a good cliffhanger right. moment. I'm sure it's something. All he needs to do is like give Linda a little pinky toe, you know, and just you know give it lots of sunlight and water. We'll see what happens. What? And then Groot appears <laughs> from the soil. Mm, everything. All right. <laughs> Well, I know it's just Marvel and DC, so we can't include The Heap, but maybe we could include The Heap. Yeah. I don't know. Have you guys seen The Heap? The Heap was another, yeah, The Heap yeah, was another he's, kind he's of swamp monster that appeared in the same time in the early 70s. It Just like just like how when one studio puts out, um, you know, a disastrous earthquake movie, every other studio starts yes, putting out a disastrous earthquake movie. So I guess the same thing in comics. Mm -hmm. One person does a swamp creature movie or swamp creature character, and then the rest got to do the same thing. <laughs> well, I thought that we he have was just earlier. Like, like I thought he was the progenitor of all the You may be the, right like, without looking at the date. Thing, uh, you may be right. I actually somewhere here in the house I have Could the first appearance the of the heap. You have the first appearance yes. of the heap. Oh my gosh! Could there be like a bunch of other things like the blob and the stuff and just like a bunch of like gooey well, things maybe all that coming would be together? The sequel where <laughs> kind of like. Uh, you know, No Way Home, where you have all the, the different Spider-Mans come together. You have all the, the swampy, weird monsters all coming together. Oh, God. Yeah. The Swamp Monster <laughs> yeah. Universe. The Swamp Monster. Things swamp. The Swamp Verse would make all the horror fans so happy. <laughs> yes. yes. It would make I love them it. so happy. Where it's like, man, things, swamp things, the heat, the blob. <laughs> Dave Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> they all come out of nowhere. <laughs> Even don't forget the adipose from um, Doctor Who. Like just every oh, every little God. tiny thingy. I mean, yeah, I'm there. I'm oh, go it. my adipose and find the heat for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're like minions. They'll be the minions of the DC or the whichever you this is. The minions. We're gonna find the first Louisiana uh, hero showing up with a freaking boat, like a fan boat. 
<laughs> I know I take care of it. Remy LeBeau. Remy LeBeau from X-Men will show up out of nowhere and says, don't worry, imagine me. I got this. <laughs> it just holds up Oh, God. The What's your superpower? <laughs> Cards. God. How terribly helpful. Oh, put some respect for Gambit's <sighs> name. It's so awesome. Gambit's one of my favorite. Uh, behind Whatever. I want the anyway. swamp verse okay. now. I want that. <laughs> Oh, the yeah. swamp verse needs to happen. All swamp of them. Needs to if, if they've ever been a creepy thing that came out of the swamp or covered in algae, they oh, they need oh, to be. One last thing. Uh, where's yeah. your toxic? One Avenger last thing too. I just thought of. Uh, obviously, since it has kind of an environmental bent to it, the story, and it was also uh, the original um, War of the Gargantuas is one of Brad Pitt's favorite movies. I would cast Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio as Swamp Thing and Man Thing. Oh, this is so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a time in Louisiana. I know, right? Oh, yes. That's what I was thinking. It's a great <laughs> casting. Oh, this is going to be so expensive. <laughs> well, come on. They thought they would never get the Avengers casting. made. It's so expensive. <laughs> true, this yeah. is true, but it was Disney. They had the most. Well, this is Disney and uh, Warner. I'm use that Disney money. Oh, this is true. Oh, this. <laughs> all, oh God, now we're real. I'm sorry. I'm so locked into like the swamp verse. It'd be so good. I don't know well, how you're gonna win that battle, but it would be so good. <laughs> the swamp verse wins. I mean, mankind loses. That's pretty much how it's gonna have to happen. Yeah. Oh well, at least the swamp will survive. The swamp always. Survives. All right. Well, yes. There's your tagline. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, leaving the swamp first. I think I'm going to invoke. Host privilege again to pitch my dream DCEU MCU movie. Do it. And I say dream because I'm fully aware no one would ever make this in a million years. But that's kind of the, the story because uh, my movie opens with my fa- one of my favorite DC characters, Ambush Bug, the teleporting, multiverse-hopping anti-hero actually knows he's a comic book character. So we open, what's Ambush Bug doing? Well, he knows about the DCEU and he desperately wants to be a part of it. So he's actually teleported to our universe. He's basically working as an unpaid intern at Warner Brothers, trying desperately to get his long-delayed movie out of development hell. But then he learns that the current Ambush Bug script is being polished by Joss Whedon, and that drives home he knows no one is taking this movie project seriously. So he tries to get a little tough, He tries to lean on the Warner Brothers execs, but these guys are used to dealing with Zack Snyder fanboys. So Ambushbug just doesn't intimidate them. Ambushbug Ambushbug realizes he needs someone. He needs someone capable of senseless R-rated violence who could help him twist a couple arms over at Warner Brothers. But who could it be? Who? Well, he sees a video of Kevin Feige announcing the new PG-13 friendly version of Teen Deadpool. He will be integrated into the MCU as part of their (laughs) expanded Phase 5, and he will be reimagined as the Hulk's quippy but loyal sidekick and ambushbrook knows who he can fight who, who he can recruit as an ally so he uh, leaps over to deadpool's world tells deadpool what uh, they're planning to do to him and i just like to say deadpool is a huge fan of call me by your name but even though he's about to be recast by timothy chalamet he does not want this this new version of teen deadpool just cannot stand there is one little problem though ambushbug can take deadpool as he hops from universe to universe but he can't actually cross geographic distances with somebody else and the Here's Deadpool in New York, which means one thing. Just like the Muppet movie, we're doing a road trip to Hollywood. We even do a little cover of Moving Right Along, my second favorite song from the Muppet movie. And they're on the road to L.A., 
but they're getting chased by Dark Deadpool, an evil, well, actually, evil-er version of Deadpool who seems to be armed with all of the cool MCU gear. He's got Tony Stark's super suit. He's got Hawkeye trick arrows. He's got that weird glove from Doctor Strange. And for the DCU, he's got a mother box that is allowing him to chase Deadpool and Ambushbug from universe to universe. It's on a road trip across the country, but they keep having to hop universe is this that Dark Deadpool's way, which means we get to have lazy adventures. I want Deadpool and Ambushbug to team up with Mr. T and save a mom-and-pop business from a local mm-hmm. crime syndicate. I want them to wind up in a small Midwestern town where music has been outlawed and teach the kids to dance. I even want a little interlude in my favorite comic universe. That universe, we are used to it usually on the inside covers of our comic books, where any supervillain can be easily thwarted by distracting him with delicious hostess snack <laughs> so they make their way across keep having to jump universes and make it to hollywood uh, and while they're doing this of course they develop an incredible bromance deadpool has finally found someone who knows the existential absurdity of knowing you're a comic book character an ambush bug well you see his adventures have always been approved by the comic code authority so deadpool becomes this cool older brother who teaches him how to swear and use drugs it's great they get so close that even one night after a few too many beers and adderall deadpool sort of slyly puts in that you know he is canonically pansexual Ambushbug then has to confess that he can never take off his, which really sucks. Although Deadpool does mention this the movie in like Russia, Saudi Arabia, and China, all the places that would ban him if, you know, if uh, Ambushbug could take off that unitard and get busy. So they do get to Hollywood. Uh, both Warner Brothers and Disney blow them off. So Ambushbug and Deadpool decide they need to pitch their story to the one man who can bridge the MCU and DCEU. The one man who can release an R-rated superhero movie. Yes, they go to James Gunn. So they pitch to James Gunn, who will be played, of course, by Sean Gunn. And it goes really badly because, you know, they just they don't really know how to pitch. They're just doing the standard Hollywood. When Dark Deadpool appears, they save James Gunn. They defeat Dark Deadpool. They unmask him to reveal Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield feels really bad about trying to kill them. But Kevin Feige told him that if he did this, they would let him make Amazing Spider-Man 3. And there's just so many questions after Amazing Spider-Man 2. He had to do it. Anyways, they defeat Dark Deadpool. But James Gunn, played by Sean Gunn, is curious. Like, what is this whole Dark Deadpool thing? And Ambush Book and Deadpool start telling them the story of crossing this great land of ours while jumping from multi-universe to universe. And you can just see the light of inspiration. Go, light, in James Gunn's eyes, and we crossfade to the glitzy Hollywood premiere of James Gunn's non-canonical Ambush Bug and Deadpool movie. So we see uh, uh, Ambush Bug and Deadpool in their movie seat, ready to watch the premiere. The movie starts, and it's great. Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, is perfectly cast as Ambush Bug. And we now have Idris Elba as Deadpool, which Deadpool assures us Ryan Reynolds is completely cool with. We do pan down to uh, Bug and Deadpool's movie seats, and they're empty. Where are they? Cut to Ambush Bug and Deadpool doing coke with uh, James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn, played, of course, by James Gunn, who mentioned that James Gunn isn't returning their calls, which is so awful because, thanks to cocaine, they have a great, totally insane idea for the sequel to Ambush Bug and Deadpool. End of movie. First of all, I'm down for (laughs) anything that is Muppets inspired. (laughs) Anything having to do with the Muppets. So that was my Marvel movie. Yeah. Dude, anything with the Muppets. So the Muppets would need to make a cameo at some point. The Scarlet Piggy? Maybe that's just, oh just Sweetums. No, no, no. Just Sweetums. Just have him in doing his bit, you know, like chasing them all the time, but never getting to like catch them. That's that's all we need. Sweetums could you be the, the Hulk. He's always knocking stuff over, but he feels bad about it. He feels very bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> they, I'm thinking they definitely could do a little a short stint in the in the bit first. 
I mean, can you imagine Deadpool as a Muppet? Uh, oh <laughs> yeah. my god! Only if he's yes. played by Fozzie. Yes, I was just thinking that, but like Fozzie's jokes are now actually good, but like super, super. Um, what is it? Is it blue? Is that what you call it when it's like bad? Dirty? Yeah, yeah. blue. Yeah. blue. <laughs> that would be great. I'm here for that. That would be such a weird thing if like Fozzie gets the wrong lesson. It was like people will laugh if I'm incredibly filthy and swear a lot. His next set triggers a heart attack in Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> Oh my god! I would like to actually see a nightclub scene where he's trying out his yes. blue humor. Faka, faka, faka! <laughs> wow, and wow, was not ready for that. When <laughs> when you have you made my AirPod fall out. <laughs> when you have a when you have ambush bug and Deadpool kind of. Uh, uh, going through different realities, like you're saying, where they have, you know, different comic book realities, you know, they go in the, the hostess uh, commercial or, or advertisement, you've got to reach, go have them go to a point where they hit the letter page and then both yell too far yeah. and go I, back. I'd love to see them in the Kirbyverse too, of just like, you know, them dealing with like all those super cosmic entities. Yeah, and they both have really large <laughs> And they keep having to swat away reality. Kirby yes. Dots. I'm like, what are these <laughs> All right, excellent, excellent. I would, I would see any any one of these movies. So, and I'm sure Marvel and DC are listening. You know, come on, guys, make it happen, make it happen. Yeah, yeah we said it first. Give us some money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's your IP, but it's our podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna go now to stand out by the mailbox and wait for the check. Well, Anyways, on that note, maybe we should go through and, uh, you know, tell Kevin Feige, tell Walter Hamato or anyone where we might be able to find you online or, you know, home address too, if you want. Lamar, where can we find you? Top of the morning to everybody. My name is Lamar the Con Guy, L-E-M-A-R, the Con Guy, Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter, all the same stuff. I do so many podcasts under, like, the umbrella of stuff that Tyler is on. So make sure you check out pretty much any of them. Eventually, I'm going to be on all of them. It will happen. Yes. <laughs> Eddie, how about you? Uh, you can find me behind the counter over at Heidi Ho Comics in Santa Monica, or you can find me online at collectorscomic.com. That's my webcomic, Collectors. And there on the website, you will find all the links to my socials for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Doesn't Heidi Ho have a new location new-ish. now? We new-ish. August of last year. We're still in Santa Monica. We just moved to a place uh, that is just a few blocks east. You can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram. I am at Hey It's Sandra D. Or you can find me on any and all dance floors uh, <laughs> in uh, the LA County and sometimes Orange County. But um, drop that bass and you will come. Probably, or you know, hit that clave and oh, I'll come. Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, well, I'm a horrible dancer, and this is our show. Thanks for listening. You can check out all our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Eh, you know, anywhere. You know. You know how the internet is. But please also check out our site, thegrandgeekgathering.com, all one word, for articles, other shows, and so much more. You can stay updated from our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Our outro music is by Carlisle Laurent. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week, a great month, and don't forget, GGG. This is a special post-credit scene. This is me, Mike, the normal host. I didn't actually move to Oregon. I moved to Washington. That's okay. Andy keeps forgetting about that. Uh, everything's wet and mossy here. And I'll be back next month with a brand new episode. Burn after pitching.